Hello, welcome to another episode of Hey It Gets Better, the podcast all about the ups and downs of life and how eventually it gets better. I'm your host, Katie Watson. Today I'm joined by Alex Manzi. Alex is a coach, the host of the podcast In the Moment with Alex Manzi, and he's also the author of the book The Search for Clarity. Now, if I'm being honest, I had a pretty rough week. It wasn't the best week of my life, um, but after recording this episode, I came out of it feeling amazing. I felt like I had a lot of clarity and a much better understanding of how I want to live my life. So I really hope that this episode does exactly that for you. So without further ado, um, let's get started. Hey Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, no, thank you for jo- uh, well, I was gonna say joining me. I'm used to saying it that way around, blimey. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for inviting me on. <laughs> no, any time. So um, we're just going to jump straight in with it. So all that every time, first question I ask everyone is, you know, what is your Hey, It Gets Better story? Because I think we all have one. And I mean, you've, you've wrote a book about yours, but I thought mm. if you could just like share a snippet of it with the listeners of like what your Hey, It Gets Better story is all about. <laughs> well uh, like I said there is literally a book about it um <laughs> but I'll, gi- I'll give you the shortened version then the shortened version is I spent uh, many years of my life uh, between about 18 and 25 being very unhappy uh, depressed unsatisfied in my life uh, literally just thought my life wasn't worth living at times and um over the years um I've kind of turned that around in a way um so what that looked like for me was I I had a moment which was kind of a you can call it a breakdown or a breakthrough (laughs) um it could be both one in the same um in front of uh my she was my girlfriend at the time she's now an ex-girlfriend where I, I kind of admitted out loud for the first time to anyone but also to myself that I just wasn't feeling you know like me I just I just wasn't happy basically and um that that moment sent me off on the journey of like self-discovery and looking to better myself and it sent me on the path originally of like going to a few therapy sessions which at the time didn't resonate with me so I started to look into like alternative options and I came I started to come across a lot of like self-help self-development books so like the chimp paradox and the power of now and like you know books in in those in that world and um around the same time i started to listen to like a few more podcasts and like just trying to hear like inspirational stories of people and how they've you know either built careers for themselves or turned their lives around and i started to make changes to my daily life as well i started to exercise more regularly started to clean up my diet eat less junk food and that sort of stuff um i started to meditate regularly daily um and I just over time was just like exploring different things basically this is this wasn't just all in one day I just decided to do this this is like over a period of time um and what I found like you know moving jumping ahead like a year year and a half was that I started to notice that my life was starting to change like the perspective I had on life started to change I started to look a bit more positive a bit more um I, I started to be a bit more excited about the future and I could just sense that something was felt different in me. I didn't know couldn't put something on it, but I could just sense that something had felt different about me because I'd, you know, been trying all of these different things and exploring different things. And yeah, that was just that 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 kind of set me then on the path of of taking all of it further. And, you know, in that period of time, you know, we're going back like, you know, this is nine years ago when I had that that moment, that breakdown moment. 
So over that course of nine years, like obviously I've like deepened my understanding. I've taken my learnings further, I've changed career, you know, to, to from social media freelance work to coaching. Um, I started my own podcast to share stories of other people's inspirational stories about what they do, you know, struggles they've overcome in their life. I use it as a platform to share my own story and my learnings um, and a bunch of other stuff. And that that's kind of like, when I look back on that, it's like, if I could speak to myself in that time when I was depressed and, and unsatisfied, I, I would like, the one thing I would say is like, you know, literally like, Hey, it gets better, but <laughs> like you can, you can create the change for yourself. It's really possible. And that, I think that's beautiful. Like to, to recognize, you know, I think there's so much I really like about your story and there's so much to kind of explore with it. One of the things I find interesting is, you know, like you said, it's like kind of this period, like 18 to 25, we do get told that these are like the best years of your life. Mm. Um, 18, you know, you go to uni, like your early 20s, like it's, it's like supposed to be the best years of your life. And something I've learned from talking to a lot of people is it, it isn't always. And I think it's that expectation that puts a lot of pressure of people on people, particularly mm. in their like early twenties, to to kind of live a life that might not actually be what they want. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. And I think what I experienced—I don't want to speak for anyone else—but what I experienced was that I didn't go to uni, so I left school at eighteen. Um, I was basically jobless for a year, um, and then I, I got a job working for a family friend in a factory. And then I got a job off the back of that working in events and marketing. And then I got into advertising. And this was all in that period of like 18 to 25. And then I landed a job um, at One Extra, which was kind of like a dream job at the time, like doing social media. And um, I had I had the um, breakdown that, that that moment happened about six months, maybe four or five months before I joined One Extra and, and, and went down a different career path. And at the time, like I had a really good job. I was working in advertising. I had a nice girlfriend. I owned my own car. Um, I was living at home with my parents. I was, you know, saving up to buy my own property um, to, so I could move out. Like there was a lot of good stuff on paper. You know, I was going on nice holidays with my friends and my family. And like, there was a lot of stuff that was happening on paper, which was great. But I was miserable inside because I was chasing the, these things, like thinking like, okay, when I have this job, when I have that relationship when I have that car when I have this thing when I can go on that holiday then I'll be happy and it was always like I'll be happy when but actually like the happiness never came because I wasn't happy within myself to begin with and that that to me is like the foundation of everything is like being happy within yourself first and then you can enjoy the holidays and then you can enjoy the the, the career then you can enjoy the relationship then you can enjoy you know whatever it is that you know insert whatever for you and that that was a real like um i guess awakening for me was like seeing that for myself you know realizing that actually like i have all this stuff like why aren't i happy like there's what then the question that was in my head was like well what does happiness mean and like what is happiness like mm. how, how, like trying to understand that you know yeah and these are big questions and mm. i think I like that you kind of said as well that, you know, these realizations you don't like wake up one day and you're a brand new person who meditates, goes for runs, eats super clean and you're super clear on what happiness means. Like it takes time to discover mm. these things and to explore them. And 
I want to also like for anyone who's kind of because one thing I love about what you talk about in the book is the one percent rule um and I just want to ask kind of what your advice is for anyone who's kind of starting out with this let me really know self yeah self-growth self-discovery like journey about themselves for anyone who wants to get from like you know the feeling kind of unattached to themselves or disliking themselves like how would you start there and go forward mm. well yeah the it's funny i i, I chuckled when you said the one percent because everyone who, who's like read the book is like oh my god i love that <laughs> it's like the, it's the thing that's really and and i get it because at the time i was like wow like this is i've never mm. thought about it like this before and essentially like the one percent rule is like you don't have to make giant leaps you know um from where where you are to where you want to be you can don't get me wrong but you don't have to like if you can just like do something that's going to improve where you're at by one percent every day trust that in time you're going to be in a far better place it's like it happened with me like i was just doing these things like okay let me just meditate for today let me go and exercise let me you know stop eating or stop drinking fizzy drinks or stop eating this type of food or whatever you know, eat less sweets and chocolate and biscuits and stuff. And it was just like little things that over time were, I just started to notice that there was a difference in me. And, it, and it's probably not necessarily because of those things in particular, but it was more probably in my commitment to myself to um, want to um, feel better within myself. And that 1% is like, that's all you have to focus on every day. What's your 1%? And I use it in... I've told this story before um, about like you, like meditation, for example, like when I was getting into like daily practice of meditation, it was really hard like to sit and, you know, just do nothing and meditate for 10 minutes. It was like, oh, God, this is so long and I'd find excuses not to do it and da, 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 da. And then at one time I just decided I was using the Headspace app at the time and it tracks your daily. So it gives you like, oh, you're on a 10 day streak or whatever, 20 day streak. And I decided like, right, I want to try and get to 100 days in a row. Like, and I want to commit to that. And what I noticed was like the 1% rule really applied there because it was like the 1% was just, just do the meditation today. It doesn't matter if I'm on day one or day 10 or day 74, just do the meditation today. Even if it's just three minutes, it doesn't have to be 10 minutes, doesn't have to be 20. It could just be three minutes before I go to bed, but just do it today and commit to that every day. And I, I fell off, you know, I dropped, dropped days at like day 60 and day 90 something. And, but eventually I did the hundred days in a row. And what, what happened was because I'd, I'd become so consistent with it, A, I was feeling better within myself and B, like I ended up getting to like day 197 or something before I then dropped the day and the, the streak started again, which was annoying because I was so close to 200, <laughs> but it's not, it's not the goal that's important. It's just the commitment to the thing. And the 1% rule is really just about like, do do whatever that small thing is for you every day um, and just focus on that. You don't have to worry about, you know, okay, I want to journal for three months. Just focus on today, you know, oh, I want to exercise five days this week. Just focus on what you can do today. What's the 1% you can do today? Even if it's a 20 minute workout instead of like a full hour, what's the 1% you can do today? And that it just breaks it down in such a simplistic way where you don't have to think so grandiose about everything. You can you can have the, the big vision or the big end goal, whatever that is, but just focus on what it is that you can do today. And that really, um, it compounds over time and it makes a huge difference. 
you in it and it doesn't even have to go for anything necessarily to do with like i don't know mental health or like you know feeling better that could be if you're if you're doing a writing project what's the one percent you can do today maybe write for half an hour you know write for 20 minutes if, if you can't do a whole hour or whatever it is and it's it's powerful stuff i completely agree and i think it's like you said you can have these like big visions and these like kind of big goals where you want to go but actually when you're trying to build a habit or commit to something and re- like continuously do it they don't always help you get there it's really hard when you're having a really rubbish day to be like oh you know like I want to be able to like bench a certain weight or be able to do a certain thing I need to like you know it's it feels so far away on those days that it is sometimes it can be more discouraging than motivating. Mm. But if you just have that mindset of like, okay, what's the one thing I can do today? Even if it's like you said, like 10 minutes, I think, yeah, like it makes a massive in, um, difference and like compound, you know, compound interest. Mm. <laughs> it all adds up and then you end up, you know, having things that you didn't even think would happen as a result, like happen. But yeah. it's really hard. I think it is difficult until you've had that realization. If you're just always working towards the big goals and the big pictures, it's so easy to get lost on the way. And yeah, and and it's also, it's it's like you then get hung up on the, okay, when I get to the goal, then I can enjoy the whole thing. But it's like if you're just focusing on the small stuff, the 1%, it helps you to kind of find enjoyment in, each day you know each moment whatever it is you know you can find enjoyment in your 10 minutes of meditation or your 20 minutes of reading or writing or your you know that putting that extra one kilo on the on the Mm. on the bench when you're trying to bench a bit more like you can enjoy that stuff you know rather than trying to just think like okay well when I get to being able to bench 100 kilos or whatever it's a bit much but whatever 100 (laughs) kilos like you know it's um then then i'll feel good but it's like no you can you can enjoy the journey along the way you know and that that's kind of what the one percent's about it's like another way to look at it is like what's the next step you know you can only take the step that's in front of you what's that one don't worry about the 10th step or the 100th step or the 50th step just worry about the next step that's that's in front of you and do that yeah, I don't know why I went straight for benching. I was like, it's a really, it was a weird one for my brain to go to. I think it's because I'm trying, my goal for this year is I want to do like a pull-up. I want to be doing pull-ups. So it, yes. it's actually to go from like um, not doing and, and not being able to do anything to doing that. There's actually like a lot of smaller progressions. Yeah, and especially pull-ups. They're tough, man. Like they're real tough. Like to do one pull-up is like... Pfft. It's insane strength. Like people don't realize oh. that there's so many little things you can do. Like mm. what are they called like the reverse pull-ups, reverse negatives. Pull up. That's what they're called. I'm like you can I, do assisted ones hang, with bands. Dead hang yeah, for dead my hands. life there, and and I kind of trying to take that attitude to like everything else. And it's all about you know it might not be the being able to do the big thing just yet. Event and it's just like you said, kind of trusting the process that eventually mm. you will get there. And I think that this is you know this is applicable to every aspect of life and you know whether it's a career a relationship or you know where where you feel like you want to be maybe or just I think even I think just the sense of like as well um like self-love 
and liking yourself like that doesn't happen overnight you don't just wake up one day and say actually I really really like myself mm. I mean maybe for someone it does but I, like, I've not experienced that and it's all about taking those smaller steps and it can be like you know what can I do today to show myself that I love myself it might literally be something like one t- takes a minute but again it's like you slowly get to that point and I just think it's we forget about that because we don't see that kind of stuff on social media we don't never see the journeys as much we start to see a bit more now but even then like on social media it's edited it's condensed it's creates a picture perfect narrative and in actual fact no narrative is just like that if it is like I'm very jealous (laughs) Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, a lot of it does it. It 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 takes time, mm. but also it doesn't have to take as much time as you think. That's the yeah. other. That's the other side of it, right? It's like, actually, if you're if you're more consistent with your actions and you're more consistent with your choices and you're more consistent with the things that you want to commit to. Mm. then what you want to achieve or create, you know, if it's like a pull-up, for example, you'll probably get there quicker, you know? Instead of just trying to, like, force your way to doing a, a whole pull-up, if you if you do, like, all the smaller stuff along the way and just focus on those things, you'll probably get to the thing that you're trying to achieve a lot quicker because you're, you're slowing down your process to get in there rather than trying mm. to do it in, like, a faster way, you know? And it's it's that that's where I think the real the real power is, is, like, it's not about oh can I get to the place where I'm like I love myself or I feel better about myself Mm. it's like can I enjoy where I am now that's that's the real key that no one talks about can I enjoy can I be at peace with where I am now if I'm at peace with where I'm at now then there's no more conflict if the conflict is only going to be internal which you know more often than not it is if you can be at peace with the fact that you're not in a position that you would like to be in the conflict falls away and now you're one step closer to where you, you know where you want to be mm. and that's like that's something that I wish I knew was like being being at peace with where I'm at being where I am on the journey instead of trying to always be further ahead you know it's like if you're walking up a mountain like and and you're only focused on like okay when I get to the top I can enjoy the view when I get to the top I can enjoy you're gonna you're gonna miss a lot of good stuff along the way whereas if if you're hiking up that mountain and it's gonna take you an hour two hours three hours you know eight hours if you're if you love those long hikes like you've got a whole there's a whole lot of stuff that you can enjoy along the way you know if if you're not enjoying that exact moment you're in and like seeing the trees or the squirrels running around or having the conversation with your friend or whoever then you, you're missing a massive part of the journey just because you're so focused on getting to the top to admire the view. You can, if, you, if you're being more, um, being where you are, you're more likely to enjoy more of the process. That makes sense. I say, I think I had that reaction because I something I struggle with is just like being present. Um, and actually, um, it was a book, um, the book you recommended to me, um, Being Human, mm. um, I will link it in the co- um, in the description. It did really help with that is, you know, this idea that your thoughts, you just need to accept that they are like, they come and they go. And we actually give power to our thoughts. Um, that's definitely helping me be a bit more present now. But again, it's something I'm very bad at still. Mm. 
Well, the, the thing is as well, like another way to look at it is we we are only really ever present, you know? Mm. We only ever experience this moment now. We don't, I don't, I'm not experiencing anything that's happened 20 minutes ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, or anything that's going to happen in 20 minutes or two years or in 10 years in the future. I'm only ever experiencing this present moment. And when people talk about being present, to me, that's just about like, be where you are, you know, be where you are right now. Right now, I'm here having this conversation. There's a ton of other stuff I could be thinking about right now. Right. And I've been caught up in a lot of that this week. I'm not going to lie. But like right now, I'm here having this conversation with you. So this this is where I'm being. And that means I'm present. My mind and my body are, you know, in sync with the same thing, the same place and the same moment in time. That's presence. But we're only ever experiencing what we're experiencing now, be it a thought about the future or a thought about something we have to do or a thought about the past we're still only experiencing that in the present moment. So on some level, we are always present. It's just how um, how aware are we of the presence we're bringing to the surroundings that we're in is the other side of it. Yeah. This this is the same these this is like the same face I make when I made when I was like reading the book and it's yeah. like you have that moment of just like and it's the same when I've listened to a few episodes of your podcast it's just like that pause and that reflection it's like yeah, this makes sense and I think because it's like completely different to how I normally act is like my brain's trying to fight that like it's trying to be like yeah but we don't need to do it but and I do catch myself now like sometimes and I'm like oh this is not being like you know, this is not something I need to worry about now. Let's like hone in. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that's worth to be said is like, you know, when you go on this journey of like self-growth and you read about all these ideas and stuff, you're, you can, you will sometimes fall back into old habits, but it's about pulling yourself out of them and being like, oh, you're worrying about something that actually, because this is why I worry about a lot of things that don't even exist yet. Mm. And a lot of problems that don't actually, uh, they haven't happened. They, there's no even guarantee that they are a problem. But it's kind of like crisis planning in my head for every possible outcome. And as mm. you can imagine, that's probably quite, that's quite exhausting. But yeah. that idea of being present is something that helps a lot with it. And I think that's a lot. It's just, you know, we're not taught this stuff in school. And I mean, it would be very helpful if we were. we were, but... Yeah it's making that switch that mental switch in your brain to kind of change exactly how you perceive everything and how you think if that makes sense mm. yeah I th and I think as well for me what's really changed is like just understanding the way in which the brain works you know mm. the the brain in and of itself is always trying to fill in the gaps for us you know it's like I, I've likened it before to like the autocorrect on your phone you know if you type in like hey how are then it's going to give you a suggestion of like you or like the kids or um the flowers or whatever right it's going to it's yeah. going to give you a, and the brain does the same thing it's like we will we'll think about okay i've got this to-do list of stuff and the brain will go okay but what if this happens what if that happens what if that doesn't happen what if this and it, and it tries to to auto correct and fill in the gaps for us and it tries to 
to to help us but if we buy into that you know too much it's it's very easy to get caught into it you know into the dramatization of everything <laughs> you know and yeah. it's like it, that's not very helpful to 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 be spending our our time and our day like worrying about stuff that more often than not like you said it doesn't normally doesn't happen like mm. and it, when i realized for myself how much time i'd spent in my life worrying about stuff or thinking about stuff that never even materialized i was like what was the point <laughs> you know yeah. what, what was the point like literally the most pointless worry in the world it's like if something happens and it needs to be dealt with then i might worry about it and then i'll deal with it and then it's done you know but if when i still like now get caught up in stuff of like okay but i need to do this and i need to do that and this needs to be completed and it, the the experience of it's not very pleasant really mm. but when i remember and remind myself like oh that that's just how the mind works you know that's just the mind doing its job you know it's trying to it's trying to help us and keep us safe in some way but actually it doesn't mean that i have to buy into it or or go by what it's doing the same way if i type on my phone how are i don't have to go with the suggestion that the phone makes you know because I, I might want to be writing something else that's really good like that's a really good way of thinking about it and I think as well it is very much like that kind of analogy because you know phones uh, they make those corrections based on like things we've done in the past or like past experiences and I think particularly you know our brains do the same thing you know if we've experienced something in the past sometimes they will make those corrections um, not corrections those predictions of what will happen to protect us mm. And it's a bit like just saying to your brain, okay, thank you for that. Um, but I know that, uh, you know, this is something that's come from this experience and maybe it's not as helpful to protect myself against it now because it's very unlikely to happen again. It's something like that. And I think that is, it's just a very clever way of like putting it. So like, thank you so much for sharing that. And then another thing I really wanted to ask you about is something that as well that really kind of like I remember quite a lot from the book is the um, chapter about alone time. Mm. And I think in a world where we're like always connected to a device, alone time does need to be reinvented slightly. Um, so I thought if you could share kind of like what, how do you spend your alone time and what do you think is actually effective alone time? Mm. Well, I think it's very individual, to be honest. I don't yeah. think there's one particular thing. Like people will say to you, oh, go out in nature and do this and, you know, read a book or whatever. But mm. it's it's individual. Like my alone time could be like chilling and watching TV, you know, just watching like a movie. Like I love watching like the Marvel movies and stuff. Like I might just put one on and chill. It might be going for a walk and just like not having my headphones on or any music or anything, just just going for a walk. It could be um, in the gym. Like I, I kind of count that mm. as alone time in a way, like because it's me just being with myself, doing my own thing. It could be, you know, meditating. It could be, it, it could be anything. But the main, the main thing with alone time is that you're, you're being with yourself. You know, you're not, you're not being with any distraction of like messaging people or like talking with. It's not even necessarily about interacting with people, but like just being with yourself internally. Like mm -hmm. sometimes like, you know, if I'm in a, in a big group of people, say, 
so I'll give, I'll give you an example right so I was I was traveling a couple of years ago and I was in a group of like two mates and at times we were you know when you travel you meet other people so you'll be in like larger groups of like like six seven eight people and we might spend the day together and you know for me it's like sometimes I just want to be by myself for a bit so what I would do is like I'd just like if we were sitting by the beach or something I'd just get up and go for a wander by myself even if it's for like five minutes just to like have that moment just with myself and that's it and that's what alone time is it's like just being just being with yourself you know being with your own space with your own and when I say space it's not like physical space it's like the space inside of you you know the space in your mind um being with um just yeah like it's it's like yourself just yourself in general you know and it, Mm. it can be doing anything um, and it's important because like, you know, we we, we saw like, it's, it's very easy to distract ourselves, right? Because sometimes it's like, oh, I don't like to spend time by myself because my mind gets so active and I start to have all of these worries and stresses. But that's the whole point, right? The whole point of alone time is to like, get familiar with what's going on for you, you know, to really understand that for yourself and to, to be with it. There's nothing you need to do with that necessarily but just be with it you know and 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 realize that there is space inside of you that you can connect to in any moment you don't have to do anything particularly special to do to access it but it's always there and you can connect to it whenever you want and this is something that I really got from from meditation actually was like the practice of meditation and the state of meditation are two separate things the practice of meditation is sitting down for 10 minutes closing your eyes doing your focusing on the breath observing the thoughts that's the practice of meditation the state of meditation is what you experience via the practice and one allows you to access the other but the state of meditation is always available you know you're always able to just sit and observe your thoughts and see the space that's in your mind and be with that that um I don't know what you would call it, like presence or with that that inner quietness or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's always there. And the practice of meditation showed me what the state of meditation was and, and understanding it. And now it's like, I feel like I can almost tap into that whenever I want, you know, like it can be, and like I said, it can be anywhere. It can be chilling, watching a film. It could be going out for a walk. It could be whatever like I like to go to the cinema by myself Mm. like it could be anything it doesn't have to be anything in particular um but like just accessing that and and uh, experiencing it for yourself is to me it's really important really really important yeah I think that I think that's one of the reasons that it really stood out to me in the book was because I really related to this idea of like I'm I know that like sometimes I'll just scroll mindlessly on my phone and you know I've been technically I've been having alone time like I've been by myself I've been like just you know chilling but what I'm doing is I'm just scrolling through my phone I'm not actually accessing that part of my brain which is you know like she's thinking about things and observing my space and and I think realizing that and then consciously kind of making the switch to you know what what are things I can do where I you know I'm recharging and actually experiencing alone time as opposed to like passively just existing and Mm. scrolling and I think that kind of really stood out to me in the book yeah and that's it that that's a really great way to look at it is like you know that that mindless scrolling it's like 
for me anyway again i don't speak for neuros but for me it's a, sometimes it's just a distraction you know i catch myself doing it like if i'm if i'm at home during the day and i'm eating my lunch by myself i'll catch myself just sitting there scrolling on my phone and it's like not really looking at anything or doing anything it's just like a distraction in that moment whereas actually if i put my phone aside i can i can have that alone time just by eating my lunch you know for that 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever it is and then if i go go out for a walk after that there's more of it you know i can i can you know give myself more time for that and it's 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 really powerful because it's 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 really showed me how accessible it is to tap into that quiet you know that quiet uh quietness in the mind you know the the state of meditation which is always there it's always present it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere like if we sat here now for 10 minutes and we started meditating like the state of meditation is there right it's just about accessing it and and being in touch with it more often and that that for me is what what alone time is about it's about really just connecting to it and realizing it's there and there's so much good that can come of that like things like really dramatically change for me because at times it you know it can feel like you're overwhelmed or stressed or there's this going on or there's worrying about this over there or you know whatever it is but actually when I when I can tap into and reconnect to that to that internal state that quietness in that space none of that stuff exists it kind of just melts away and that's really freeing in itself that is really powerful and you know thank you so much for coming on today there's been a lot of i feel like there's so much wisdom um in a lot of the stuff you talk about and so as we end, I just want to ask you the question I ask everyone, which is, you know, for someone who maybe feels like, you know, it doesn't get better, they don't know what to do, what would you say to that person? That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, um, don't know what to do. I would say that the best thing to do, right, the, this is what's really changed for me in the last 18 months. If If you're at point A right now, and you want to be at point B, first of all, what does that point B look like? What do you see yourself doing? How do you see yourself living? You know, how are you spending your time? What are the things that you like to do? What's the lifestyle that you want to be living, essentially? And then start to embody some of that now. You know, use the 1% rule. What's the 1% I can do today that gets me closer to that point? And then like we were saying don't don't get so caught up on getting to point b to to quote unquote be happy or be at peace but be at peace with where you are now whilst you're what's still working towards point b you know because if you can if you can be okay with where you're at now you don't need to be at point b in order to be at peace or to be happy and therefore you can create that as a reality for yourself more freely because you're not coming at it from the place of like fear or scarcity or what if it doesn't work or oh my god like what if i never get there like all of that drops away because you're just okay i'm being where i'm at in the journey now and that's okay have to start somewhere and then you know just focusing on those little one percents like that that's really been a big game changing shift for me you know i used to focus so much on just the end goal but the more that i focused on like just breaking things down into those little one percents enjoying where I'm at now becomes so much more enjoyable way more enjoyable in fact 
I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you did like the episode, it would be incredible if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I hope you have a fantastic week and remember, hey, it gets better. <laughs>